Hi, my name is Hannah Fellows, and today's date is Sunday, May 15th, 2021, and this is my first episode of my podcast talking about why I decided to become a vegetarian. Just a little rundown, I'm gonna start talking about where it all began, how I basically switched over to this lifestyle, Um, And then I want to go over some pieces that I watched, some facts that I learned, and then end it off with some of the judgment, honestly, that I get from peers and that I get from adults, from people that don't know a lot about why people turn to this lifestyle. So, yeah. Okay, so let's go to where it all began. I came home from work on March 24th, 2021, so not that long ago really, and I had just finished doing up some homework, it was pretty late, it was probably like 10 o'clock, just finished my homework, was winding down, did my skincare, got in my jammy jams, (laughs) and I was like, okay, let's watch a movie, let's wind down, why not? Okay, so I go onto Netflix, as one does. And I'm just scrolling, looking through the movies and things, and this new movie pops up on my screen. It's called Seaspiracy. And I was like, hmm, interesting name, but it's like in, you know how Netflix does, like the top 10 in the world or whatever of most popular. I was like, okay, so it looks good. So I check it out, read the bio, and it's a documentary. I love documentaries. It goes action films and then documentaries for me. Like, I am always down to learn new things especially if it's in movie form because I love pictures and just filmmaking in general but anyways I thought it looked pretty cool and I was like okay let's give it a shot why not and when I tell you that this documentary changed my life it absolutely scarred me absolutely without a doubt but not in a bad way in more of like an educational my eyes are open and I can finally see kind of way And I am really thankful for that. And if you haven't seen it, please check it out. Um, It's still on Netflix, only like an hour and a half long, and it is so worth it. But just a little summary of it, it's this guy that's a filmmaker, and he went into this film wanting to create content about our ocean and ocean life. And then he kind of switched up and found out a lot of really crazy corruptional things that are going on in specifically the fishing industry and basically this documentary was his journey about unraveling this huge worldwide puzzle of our fish industry and what it is doing to our oceans our environment our air pollution everything and it is the most interesting and just insane thing that I have ever watched and I absolutely loved it And by the time I finished this movie, it was probably like, oh my gosh, it was probably like 1.30 a.m., 2 a.m., and I had work the next day at like 7 a.m., so I was like, oh crap, but I could not stop thinking about it. I swear to you, I tried to put the computer away, I tried to lay down, I tried to go to bed, couldn't stop thinking about it, okay? Gave up, opened the computer back up, and started doing my own research. Not just on the fishing industry, but on the beef industry, the poultry industry, the dairy industry, 
all of it. I fell down such a deep rabbit hole. I tell you, I did not sleep that night, not once. And I went to work the next morning absolutely exhausted, but with so much information and so many things just buzzing around in my head, just thinking about this, just blown away by what I found and what I learned. I couldn't believe it. And I was texting friends, family, my boyfriend, everybody to go watch this documentary and educate themselves on everything that he found out. But, and they all did watch it. Like, don't get me wrong. Like my mom especially had a really hard time watching it because it shows some pretty graphic images, trigger warning. If you don't like seeing animals (laughs) get hurt or harmed in any way, probably not the movie for you but it's it's not as bad as like some other movies I've seen it's really not super graphic but she had a hard time watching it but she did say that it was extremely educational and she did enjoy it and so did my friends and my boyfriend they all liked it but they weren't as into it as I was I was invested in this like this became my research project I did research on this for about a week after that just but not just the fishing industry as I said before but all of it as a whole and after learning everything that I learned I just don't think that there's any way from coming back to that like I before I started this journey and this new lifestyle I was a carnivore like absolute carnivore burgers steaks fish everything I loved it I loved it loved it loved it My favorite food was sushi. Literally, it was sushi. Like, I would eat meat at least once, if not twice, every single day. And so, me to kind of step back and be like, I can't do this anymore, was super shocking to anyone and everyone that's close to me. Like, mouth open, like, what? Kind of shocking. And... Honestly, I felt like a little bit judged for it from some people, but I'll get into some of those stories later. But anyways, it's it was just a shocking thing for them to hear come out of my mouth like, hey, I've decided I'm going cold turkey, no more meat, no more beef, no more chicken, no more turkey, no more fish, I'm done, no more. And every vegetarian or vegan or someone that makes this drastic change is different in their reasoning why. A lot of people assume it's like, oh, you don't want the animals to get hurt or whatever. And for some people, it is that. And that is completely fine. But for me personally, it's that is not like my driving force at all. It's mostly the amount of information that I found out that these industries are doing to our planet and our environment that absolutely disgusts me. And that's the part that stuck with me the most and that's kind of like my driving force into not part I don't want to be a part of that I don't want to give my money to these industries and these people because it's doing nothing but hurting our planet and hurting us in the long run not to mention our wildlife our animals our oceans our oxygen it's all connected and it's hurting everything and I don't feel comfortable supporting that anymore And with that, I've taken a couple notes of just, like, my favorite facts from 
specifically the Seaspiracy documentary because that one's my favorite and that's the one that started this whole process. Um, just some facts about our planet, how it's being affected, our wildlife, how it's being affected, our waters, how it's being affected. And you are more than welcome to look these up and fact check them if you want. They are 100% legit. I did my own research, but if you question it at all, feel free to do your own research on it. Okay, one of my favorites, well not favorites, but one of the ones that really like made my mouth drop was that our oceans will be empty by the year 2048. And I know that sounds extremely drastic, but listen to the facts behind it. Fishing, the fishing industry, commercial fishing, takes 2.7 trillion fish from the oceans globally every single year. Every year. That's not total. That's every single year. And if that pattern does not break or go down, our oceans will be quote unquote virtually empty by 2048, meaning that they will be empty enough that you will not see a fish for miles. You will not see. And without those smaller fish, you're not going to see the mammals that feed off of them. You're not going to see sharks, dolphins, whales, none of them. They're going to be forced to either they're going to die off or they're forced to go into deeper water that they're not adapted for causing them to die off. So if you get rid of these 2.7 trillion fish, you're getting rid of everything in the food cycle that goes with that. All the bigger fish that eat those fish are going to die. All the fish that eat those are going to die. And so the chain goes. That's just how the animal kingdom works. And it's all because of humans fishing. That absolutely blows my mind. But don't don't worry. There's a lot more. Um, another one that stuck with me, because I've actually done research and projects on this before, but my information I'm now learning, like, a year after I did my project, was not completely accurate. Anyways, 46% of the Great Pacific Garbage Patch, I'm sure you've heard of it, is made up of fishing nets, discarded fishing nets that were left in our oceans. And this is information that has never really been talked about before because I remember doing research for the Great Pacific Garbage Patch and it talked about plastic. It talked about human trash from land floating out to sea. It did not never once in any of the hundreds of resources that I used did it mention that it was mostly fishing nets. And the reason why is because why would our our com- our government, okay, release information saying that something that they're providing money to is causing astronomical ocean issues. They wouldn't. That would be foolish, would it not? They're going to lose money if people find out that half of this in the biggest garbage patch ever is because of their commercial fishing. No, they're not going to release that to the public. So you learn more about that in the documentary if you choose to watch it. But that absolutely blew my mind because everybody likes to focus on the plastic straws, right? For example, like the whole 2019 craze of how plastic straws are killing sea turtles. 
but plastic straws make up 0.03% of plastics in our ocean, specifically plastics in the Great Pacific Garbage Patch. Almost half are commercial fishing nets. That just tells you right there how awful this industry is because when they rip a net, when it's old, guess what they do? Throw it overboard. They just throw it overboard because no one's there to tell them that they can't. And that really hurts my heart. (laughs) Not only for our environment, but for everything that's living in our oceans. And the last fact that I want to share with you guys a little bit is another pretty drastic numbers one. Um, It's that 93% of all carbon is stored in our ocean. And I know that that sounds crazy, but hear me out. Marine plants that you find in the ocean, obviously, can store 20 times more carbon than our forests. That is absolutely insane. I have never once in my life heard that marine plants do so much more when it comes to carbon than our trees on land. That has never, ever been taught to me. I remember learning about plants and photosynthesis and all that stuff in earth science, but never once did we cover marine plants and how much they do. I never, ever knew that, and it blew my mind. But here's the kicker with this one. The warming ocean temperatures due to global warming, due to pollution, due to humans is causing these marine plants to lose the ability to absorb that carbon that we need them to. And this is absolutely horrendous when it comes to our oceans, but not just our oceans. That affects us as well because we need those plants to hold that carbon. We need them to be there to purify our air so that we can breathe. Without them, it's not only the animals that are going to die off, but humans are going to die off and breathing issues are going to increase and it's going to all tie together eventually. They said that losing just 1%, 1% of the ocean's carbon stores the equivalent to releasing emissions from 97 million cars. That is mind-blowing to me. Absolutely mind-blowing. These are plants that are necessary for our survival and we're killing them. We are 110% killing them and no one is stopping it because it it's just a whole ring about money and transportation and it's just sad that we've let it get this far, honestly. There are so many other insane facts in this documentary that tells you about our oceans and how it ties to us and how they're dying and how the fishing and meat industry is all tied into it. And one of the number one reasons that these are happening, um, if you're interested in not seeing the documentary, but maybe reading about it a little bit, um, earth.org is an amazing website that you can learn more about. It's one of the websites that I used when I fell into my rabbit hole about the meat industry. 
and I learned a lot from it. So if you're not interested in watching the documentary, I highly recommend just reading up on it. They have an article on there about Seaspiracy. They have an article on there about a couple other documentaries I watched. So if taking an hour and a half out of your day to watch it, take five minutes to read this. There are a million other facts that I could put in here that will absolutely blow your mind. But this podcast would probably be hours long to fit them all in. Um, But it just, that really opened my eyes and like enlightened me on how big of a problem this is. And it's not even for our generation necessarily, like my generation, but our kids and their kids. This is diminishing the quality of life for humans and animals and plants and everything it's absolutely tearing it apart and eventually going to make it completely unlivable i really encourage you that if you think that you would be passionate about this and want to know more to do your own research and find out your own information because it's always better to find it out yourself it always sticks with you more than hearing it from somebody else but i really do encourage anyone out there listening to this to take time and educate yourself on it. Now moving on to something that I've realized from being vegetarian in this short time. Um, I'm going to start with the first week that I went no meat was kind of difficult. I'm not going to lie. I did some, like I educated myself on how vegetarians still have a sustainable diet without having that meat protein factor. And so I am now on supplements. I'm now on vitamins. I'm taking an iron vitamin, a protein vitamin, and I make sure that I'm eating protein such as eggs, beans, quinoa is something I eat a lot, things like that, that give me protein along with my supplements so that I'm not losing any of that nutrients. But that first week, I was absolutely exhausted the whole time. Just tired, 24-7. And it's because when your body is consuming something in large portions and then you just get rid of it, you're going to have some side effects. That's just how it is. That's how the human body works for anything. So definitely the first week was kind of hard. The second week, I craved chicken wings, specifically from Buffalo Wild Wings, so much. That's all I wanted to eat, but I didn't give up to those cravings because every time I would have that craving, I would think about what I saw and I would think about what I read and I would look back at my notes and I would remind myself why I'm doing this and why I don't want to support this anymore. And that helped me a lot, honestly. But by the third week, I was in more of a routine. I was on my vitamins. I was getting, I talked to a regular that I have at my job. She comes in for lattes all the time. I was talking to her because she has been vegetarian for a while and she was giving me recipes. She sent me a little vegetarian box with um, a cookbook in it and ingredients and it was really nice of her. She's super sweet. So, and she was really proud of me for educating myself. And so she helped me with that. And so I cook a lot of meals at home now which is honestly great because I love cooking and I love baking and so I really don't mind that part it is hard when I'm out with my friends 
and they want to run to Chick-fil-A or they want to run to McDonald's and there's just not a lot of options for me. Um, I know in like Southern California or larger cities like that, they have more options, but here it's just not as um, abundant, I guess, for people that are vegetarian or vegan. Um, I've noticed that whitefish has a lot more, but Kalispell as a whole doesn't have a lot. So that is a little bit difficult, but it's a sacrifice that I'm willing to make to not support this industry anymore. But yeah, the first three weeks, I would say, are the hardest because you're getting used to it. You're not in a routine yet, but once you overcome that, it's smooth sailing. You're on a new routine. You're on a new... I don't like calling it a diet because I think that it's more of a lifestyle. It's not a diet. It's not like you're doing it for a month and then stopping. No, it's a lifestyle that you need to stick to and respect for yourself. So once you're in that routine, it's not so hard. And it is becoming more popular, I believe, when more people are learning about the things that tie into the meat industry and what they're doing, but I still definitely get judged for it here. I get called, I've been called high maintenance, I've been called sensitive, I've been told that I just need to eat a burger and get over it, a bunch of things that just come off super disrespectfully, especially when these people are so arrogant about why. I've noticed they've, they never really ask why. They just assume things and they don't understand. But I feel like if they just took time to hear, I mean, everybody's different. If you don't want to be a vegetarian, don't be a vegetarian. Okay, it's your body, your choice. You can do whatever you want to do. But I don't think it's right to judge others for something that they're passionate about and something that they want to live by. And I do get a lot of that here. And I ju- I think it's just because our, our valley's, you know, it's small. It's growing, but it's still small. And people just haven't really been around that and don't really understand. So hopefully eventually that will change. But as of right now, I do get judged for it a lot. But, you know, that's just a part of it. If you're different, people are going to judge you. It happens. I'm used to it at this point. I've heard everything and I haven't even been vegetarian for that long. So... It's just something that you have to brush off, really, and deal with. I just hope that more people listen to this or see something, educate themselves, and if they're not going to become vegetarian, which is totally fine, don't judge others for it. Oh, wow, this podcast was a lot longer than I thought it was going to be. But it's just really hard to not stop talking about something that you have a passion for once you get into talking to it. But I really do hope that people understand where I'm coming from and maybe learn a little bit more of it before assuming things. And I really hope that people understand that really the only way that you can do your part into not supporting everything that's going on with these industries is stop giving them your money stop eating from them stop 
consuming their products because that does nothing but give them fuel to do more and more until eventually there's nothing left. But anyways, thank you so much for listening. Um, I had a really fun time talking about this. I actually didn't know how awesome it would be to just sit here and talk into my phone. I'm, it's weird, but it's oddly therapeutic, and I really liked it. I'm really glad that this was an assignment, because I enjoyed every minute. So thank you so much, and I hope that you guys can grow a passion for this like I did. Um, yeah, thanks. <laughs> Bye.